0: diem. seize the day boys make your lives extraordinary um, as I learned these people who pass beyond I'm like man we all have this this like little time we're here on this planet um, and I honestly think like for every single one we come into this world we have a chance to be here for however long we're here and then we leave and I feel like for all of us like one of the things we should be doing is like when we're here we're learning we're growing and like everybody should have a chance to write like their philosophy on success like what did you learn while you were here what were the things that you were able to gather
1: Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton.
2: Welcome back to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant with so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. Well, guess what? It was FHL week, Funnel Hacking Live. Russell Brunson's huge production that he puts on once a year. Uh, This year was in Orlando, Florida. It's a live event. Over 5,000 funnel hackers showed up. And uh, it was just magical. And, um, you know, for those of you that have been listening on the Miracle Plant podcast, you know that uh, Russell and I are partners on the secrets of success. So this year, uh, when I went to Funnel Hacking Live... Um, I was doing my normal thing, which is networking like crazy and learning like crazy and strengthening relationships and forming new relationships, but now it was all about doing it to help have massive impact and help massive income for others with the Secrets of Success membership site, and uh, it was just incredible. By the way, if you hear the waves in the background, (laughs) that's good old Ventura Beach, California, I can tell you it's 70 degrees, it feels like right now, because it's 70 degrees every day. And uh, yeah, if you're ever in town in Southern California, come look me up. We got a a store down here, uh, 101 Hemp, right off the 101 highway down here in Ventura Beach, California. Anyways, just wanted to tell you, it was just so magical. Uh, I got to meet so many new people, make so many new relationships, and so many people... I reached out to them, and they came up to me, and uh, you know, I already knew Doug Bouton, who's a great guy, and he had a little, it was actually a speakeasy in a room in the hotel that we stayed at, at the Marriott. Uh, It's the Marriott World, this massive hotel in Orlando, and uh, he had an event, and uh, it was literally behind a painting, like truly like the crow flies at midnight kind of deal, and uh, which was cool, and I got a, uh, hang out and develop more relationships with new people that are what's called affiliates and so affiliates are people that uh, promote other people's offers. Uh, usually they have a big uh, email list some do it through paid ads some do it through what's called SEO or search engine optimization. Uh, there's many different ways to do it and uh, I gotta meet all these great people we send out these boxes of these three books that, Unpublished, incredible millions and millions of dollars uh, Russell spent over the years. And we're giving uh, this box away for free. So I actually had a box with me. And I was explaining the books and explaining this offer for Secrets of Success. And uh, if you want to learn more about the offer, go to secretsofsuccess.com forward slash JV. So that was Tuesday. Actually, before that, I got it back up. I got to play some golf with my boy, my man, the greatest closer of all time, Dr. Myron Golden. Uh, It was so great to hang out with him. And I said, I've told him before, I said, Myron, I've seen them all. I've read them all. I know them all. You're the greatest closer I've ever met. And uh, we'll get back to that point later on. And he paid me a pretty pretty awesome compliment too. He's like, Justin, you ain't so bad yourself. (laughs) Anyways, we played some golf with him in Richmond Ding. Uh, Jeff Manson joined us and uh, a few others from the from the inner circle as well and played on that nice little golf course out there Hawks Landing in Orlando that was connected to the hotel. And then so I raced up to Doug's for the VIP speakers speakeasy thing met with a bunch of people and then we had a really cool fun dinner to hang out with more inner circle folks, which is the mastermind with Russell Brunson. And then we went to uh, Harry Potter's world uh, in Universal Studio. Uh, Russell rented out the entire uh, Harry Potter world, <laughs> he's, he's a madman. And so it was great to hang out with all my inner circle family there and, and ride the rides and have it completely just ours uh, for the evening. So that was a blast. And then the next day we started with uh, the, the event kicked off and Russell had an opening presentation, which I'm going to play for you uh, when I'm done talking. <laughs> so stay tuned and he's going to talk to you about the calling versus the resistance and we all have this calling and we all have this resistance and this is a preview of what the Secrets to success teaching is going to be about there's going to be a book a uh, doctor uh, ben hardy who a lot of you know from like 10x is greater than 2x who not how he's got bestseller after bestseller uh, russell and, and ben are teaming up to release three more books and are committed to selling 10 million copies uh, in total. So this is the kind of impact that we're talking about. And right now, as you hear this, you have an opportunity to be a part of the impact and make income as well. Because when you go to secretsofsuccess.com forward slash JV, you just sign up, it's free. And you get a link and you share that link with people you know on social media or if you have an email list or however you can, um, and when they sign up and we start to offer these incredible, uh, you know, books and membership sites and all these incredible things that, you know, Russell spent millions upon millions of dollars on, when they sign up, and they, can, they actually sign up for free as well, uh, and then we send them those incredible books and then, and then they get a, a 30-day free trial to Secrets of Success membership site where there's literally millions and millions of dollars worth of books. Um, for free for 30 days and if they love it and they learn all the insights and the teachings and the deep dives and the community and everything that goes along with it then they can stay for just $97 a month to have access to millions and millions and millions of dollars to help you take control of your mindset and uh, it's just a beautiful thing so I'm gonna speed through here because it's a it's a great presentation uh, and I don't want to take up too much of your time so that was Wednesday we kicked it off Russell talked about the journey of how we put cigarettes of success together, and uh, and then he does his teaching, and so it's just so amazing. I just want you to listen, uh, because I've never met anyone. I I don't know anyone either, that has spent as much time, and has read as many books, or as many courses, and is so committed to finding the truth, like combing through everything, and then presenting it in a manner that a third grader could understand, and in fact. I've got a second grader and a fifth grader and they could understand these mindset principles and that's what secrets of success is all about. These these books date back to the 1850s with Orson Sweat Martin and Samuel Smiles and these are the people that taught Napoleon Hill and then the list goes on and on Charles Hannell and and when when people die sometimes their legacy dies, sometimes their teachings die. Sometimes a book will last like can grow rich with napoleon hill but but there are people that taught napoleon and there's people that came after napoleon that you've never heard their names of before and there are absolute just powerhouse insights that are going to help you take control of your mindset so you can live the life that you want to live have the impact that you want to have be happy be be at peace and and i'm telling you this movement will change the world and right now you can get in at the ground level so head over to that website It'll probably be in the show notes as well. Anyways, uh, Thursday was amazing, incredible speakers. Uh, You know, we had Friday. Yeah, so Thursday, there was also this incredible thing. So, Don Green of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, like I always call him Generosity Personified, he shows up and he's gonna get an award from Russell that we give posthumously to Napoleon Hill Foundation, uh, to Napoleon Hill. It's called the Two Comma Club two comic clubs when you've made a million dollars in a funnel or a website. And so uh, Don comes out from Wise, Virginia and with his brother Danny and the boys from Sound Wisdom uh, and uh, comes on stage in front of 5,000 funnel hackers and Russell gives Don this cool award. It's a, like a big gold record and, and it's got Napoleon Hill's name on it. And, and Russell talks about Napoleon Hill and how much impact he's had on his life. and. Here's the crazy part. So I was in on the inside on this. And so Don receives the award and then he turns right back around and he gives an award to Russell, which is called the Napoleon Hill Gold Medal. And this thing has been won by senators. It's been won uh, by like people like Mary Kay, Ogmandino, Ted Turner, The, the list goes on and on. I mean, we're talking major, major people that have had huge influence in the world of personal development and entrepreneurialism. And so he turns right back around and presents Russell with this gold medal, gives a speech, talks about its importance, talks about Russell's importance on personal development in the world. And I'm sitting there backstage. <laughs> I'm tearing up, man. And I knew it was coming. And it's a it was a $15,000 piece of real gold. It looks like an Olympic gold. And it had you know beautiful image of Napoleon Hill in the front. And then it had some beautiful words of... Uh, Uh, you know, attributed to Russell on the back. And so that was Thursday. And then here's the crazy thing. So I'm backstage hanging out, making sure Don's having a good time with his brother and, uh, you know, Nathan and uh, Dave from uh, Sound Wisdom Publishing, who publishes the books for us, for Napoleon Hill. And who comes in? Dan Kennedy, because he's going to speak that night. And then who's back there as well? Well, Perry Belcher. And so I'm sitting at a table with Dan Kennedy, Perry Belcher, And Jim Edwards, who I love, Copywriting Secrets book, Go Get It. And I'm sitting at a table, just four of us, backstage, kind of dark, but backstage in the green room. And we're just having a conversation, you know, and we're asking each other questions. And Perry Belcher is this amazing marketer. He was a mentor of Russell's. Um, Dan Kennedy was one of the biggest mentors of Russell. uh, And and Jim Edwards and Russell are partners uh, as well. And we're all asking each other questions. And, I mean, it was to sit in that room, I'm telling you, you could have charged $100,000 and I was just sitting there and I was asking questions, but mostly learning, you know, and listening. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. There's a specific ratio. And so anyways, it was just incredible to be sitting there and I trust me, I knew it. And so anyways, it was just, you know, Thursday was amazing. You know, Friday comes along and again, we have a ton of great speakers and, and, uh, Um, Russell gave another presentation which I don't have yet but when I do uh, he talks more about the secrets of success and so when we uh, have that available I'll I'll play it here for you hopefully in a couple weeks and uh, he gave a a presentation and an opportunity for people to join his coaching program and he just crushed it knocked it out of the park so afterwards I ran backstage and gave him a big old hug he was just smiling ear to ear baby and so Friday was amazing. And then Saturday comes along and some incredible speakers and motivation and uh, Russell, um, you know, wrapped up the opportunity to join his coaching program called 2CCX. And he brought Myron back on stage. It was so funny because we were playing golf on Tuesday with Myron. And the speakeasy thing with Doug was for VIPs and speakers. And I said, you know, you should come up, Myron. Doug wants you to be there. And Myron's like, I ain't speaking. I said, Well, don't you be surprised if on Saturday Russell calls you for what's called a repitch, which is to, you know, give another presentation on the, the coaching program. Sure enough, on Saturday, there's Myron giving the repitch, which had in the most amazing clothes I've ever seen. Um, he got everyone to stand out of their chair and had them come up to the front of the stage and meet Myron there, and they walked back together to go sign up for the program. And Myron has polio, and you know, it's really hard for him to walk. So he walked like you know like a quarter mile with all these people like the Pied Piper getting them all signed up in this amazing coaching program. So that was, that was Saturday. And then, oh, yeah, we finished it off with this incredible concert from Andy Grammer, who's like this most positive, uplifting dude ever. And he was there to give a performance. So that's the recap. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to tune in and listen to Russell give his first insights it's actually part two so he gave a presentation part one called the drifter versus the driven this is part two called uh, the calling versus the resistance and you're gonna see p- insights and in how your brain works and like the questions that we ask ourselves and, and the listening to the to the ideas or the vision or the um, the calling really and I'm telling you this is gonna change your life listen to it. You may need to listen to it like three or four times. I know I have, but we're going to play the podcast for you now of the opening presentation of Funnel Hacking Live 2023 and uh, enjoy. Listen, listen again. Thank you for listening to the Miracle Plant podcast and being a part of our community as we reach 1 billion people by 2025 about the power of this miracle plant. And uh, I'm so honored to be able to help and serve you, uh, whether it's health or mindset. We all know about those holistic healing five pillars. Um, It's so important that we share the knowledge while we're here on this earth and pay it forward for those that are looking for a miracle. And if you're looking for the answers to living the life that you know you were called to live, then tune in right now, sit back, listen to this
0: with Russell Brunson. All right. Welcome to the Marketing Seekers Podcast. My name is Russell Brunson, and I'm what you call a serial entrepreneur, but with a twist. You see, 50% of my time, I'm the CEO of ClickFunnels, helping over 100,000 brands to grow their companies with funnels. And the other 50% of my time, I'm actually in the trenches using ClickFunnels to grow the startups I believe in. During this podcast, I'll take you behind the scenes and show you how we are bootstrapping ClickFunnels and my other businesses from startup to nine figures and beyond. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? This is Russell. Welcome back to Marketing Secrets podcast. I'm actually backstage behind the scenes, the fun hacking live right now. We're about to start day number two. Uh, and for those who are here, hopefully you're having the greatest time ever. For those who aren't, I want to give you a sneak peek of just kind of cool stuff that's happening here. So I did my intro presentation yesterday. The title was called The Calling Versus the Resistance. And, um, I'm not going to give you the whole thing, um, partially because the first half, I'm really proud of the second half. I got to tweak and clean up some stuff before I officially do that presentation again and so um anyway i'm going to play uh, a, a big section of though for you guys to kind of hear some of the backstory uh and start talking about some stuff and i hope you enjoy it and hopefully this will give you even more motivation to make sure you're at next time's funnel hacking live this is funnel hacking live nine next year's funnel hacking live 10 which is crazy so if you don't have your tickets yet um i'm sure we'll have a place at live.com to get tickets for next year in a couple of days so i uh, appreciate you all and i hope you enjoy uh this part of my session from this year's funnel hacking live. Oh, man, what's up, everybody? <laughs> oh, my people, I love you guys all. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> uh, I cannot tell you how excited, how anxious, how nervous, how all the things I am right now um, standing behind this before the wall goes up. You guys have no idea. Half of me is like, I want to run away and go hide and, like, hide under a rock. And the other half is, like, so excited for everything that's about to happen. And anyway, Oh, I love you too. We have so much fun stuff planned for you guys over the next four days. So many f- amazing guests, so many uh, of your peers, funnel hackers. A lot of them were in the audience a year ago listening to stuff. We're now are going to be on stage sharing with you exactly what they've done to have success. Uh, we have so many cool people coming and just, uh, I, can't even, I can't even wait to uh, have you guys all experience this. Um, it is the honor of a lifetime to be able to put together an event like this and have 5,000 crazy people from around the world all fly here to be part of it. So thank you guys so much for your commitment as well coming here. <clears throat> So, um, as you guys check in, uh, as you guys checked in, you all got a t-shirt, right? If we can throw my slides up real quick. So, um, on the back of the t-shirt, there's a quote. Did you guys all have a chance to read this quote? So, when I, uh, when I, can we throw slides up real quick, everybody? So, when I, um, uh, uh, from Last night, My Life to this year, I, I'm always, like, keeping my eyes open for cool things, and all of a sudden, one day, I heard this quote, and it was super powerful, and it's from T. Lawrence's Lawrence of Arabia. And when I heard this, like, I got chills. I got, like, all the feelings everything. And so I want to read to you guys. I want this to be something that every single time you put that shirt on, you read it, that you remind you of who you are. So this is what it says. It says, all men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake up in the day to find it was a vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. Um, when I heard that, I was like, dreamers of the day, that's who we are. Right? Everyone dreams, everyone thinks about stuff, everyone talks about stuff. There's so many people talking and talking and talking. But the people who are here in this room, you guys are the dreamers of the day. Uh, funnel hackers are the dreamers of the day. And I even think about this like with our community, we have over 100,000 active ClickFunnels members. We've got millions of people on our email list and social, but you are the 5,000 who are the most excited, the most passionate, the ones who were willing to leave everything, leave jobs, leave family, everyone to come here and be part of this because you have a dream. Am I right? Okay. And my goal over the next couple of days is to help you, give you the tools and the assets, everything you need to make those dreams become a reality. Um, That's our entire goal. That's what we do here at Funnel Hacking Live. Um, Give you guys the tools and resources you need to take these ideas, these these feelings, these things you want to do and give you everything you need so you can be successful. So that's what we're going deep on over the next four days, which will be fun. Uh, But before we go too deep into it, um, are you guys cool if I tell you guys a couple stories about what I've been doing last year? Okay. This year's been a little crazy. Um, but one of the things I started doing um, is this year I wanted I started treasure hunting. Do we have any treasure hunters in the room? Okay, uh, if not, you're going to become a treasure hunter I think because it's really really fun. So uh, this is the picture. Um, this happened shortly after uh, the last fun hiking live. Is um, I decided to go treasure hunting, and this is a picture of me and my son Aiden. Um, and I went treasure hunting because I was trying to find trying to find something. I don't even know how to explain it. I remember Tony Robbins said one time. Tony Robbins said that if you look at success, success is like twenty percent. Uh, tactics and, uh, and like the actual skill set of doing the thing, and 80% psychology. It's the things happening between between your brain, right? And so for me, I spend so much time on the tactics, like how do I do this? How do I do this? Like what's step one? What's step two? And those kind of things. I still love that. In fact, 80% of Phonoclon Live will be focused on those things. But, um, what Tony said is 80% is psychology, it's the things happening between our ears, okay? And I don't typically spend a lot of time talking about that with you, with my people, with funnel hackers, right? I'm always talking about the next funnel and the next way to drive traffic, all that kind of stuff. And I want to spend some time today going into um, the psychology of success. And so a year ago, I started treasure hunting. I started becoming obsessed. Um, This is actually a little over a year ago, but um, I started becoming obsessed with personal development. And like, how do you, like, how can I help myself be more successful, but in in return, help all of you guys be more successful as well? And so I started uh, searching the world for, Um, everything I could find on success. And I don't know about you, but if you open up your phone you scroll through Instagram or YouTube, everyone's got success stuff happening, right? There's success quotes, quote after quote after quote. And I look at some of these quotes and they'll be like, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100,000 people like these quotes and things like that. But then there's like, there's no substance. It's just like, oh, I feel really, really good. And it kind of ends. And then like, I'd put out a video. I see people have these amazing videos about like going deep on something and they don't get very many views or things like that. And I was like, how do we make this like, I want to get past just like light fluffy, like motivation. If you can do it, but like I really understand this at a deeper level. And so it started me on this journey and I started figuring out, like, trying to figure out like, where did this all begin? Like, what was the foundation of this stuff? And so, um. I started looking and started collecting old books and manuscripts. And so this was one of the first treasure hunts. Uh, like I said, Aiden and I, uh, we jumped in a plane and we started flying around the country. We went to Little Rock, uh, Arkansas, because there was a man there who had been collecting um, old Napoleon Hill stuff uh, for over 20 years of his life. He had books and manuscripts, all sorts of stuff that nobody had ever seen before. And so um, this started the treasure hunt. We flew out there. Uh, I ended up buying his entire 20-year collection. We packed it back in this plane. We flew back home. And I didn't know what most of it was. I remember going to our office. We laid it all out. It was thousands of books and magazines and manuscripts, and all sorts of stuff. And I started going through them and started reading them. I started reading from people who were like at the very beginning of of the success movement, like people who were discovering these things for the very, very first time. And it was so much fun for me. And so that was the beginning of treasure hunting. Uh, last year, uh, after Funnel Hacking Live, we went home and then we had our Inner Circle meeting. And then as soon as the Inner Circle meeting got done, uh, we had a, jump, a chance to go treasure hunting some more with a couple of our uh, funnel hackers. So these are some of the guys here at the top, guys and gals. Uh, we got done with the Inner Circle meeting and then uh, Justin Benton there, uh, he had a plane lined up and we all jumped in a plane from from Inner Circle. like literally left the building went to the airport, jumped in a plane, and flew to Wise, Virginia. Have you ever been to Wise, Virginia before? (laughs) Me and Justin, the only ones. (laughs) Wise, Virginia is where Napoleon Hill grew up. I was kind of obsessed with what he was talking about, what he was writing. I was like, I I want to learn more about it. And so we went to the town where Napoleon Hill grew up. Um, And this is actually uh, where Don Green, who's the head of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, where he lives. And he had had a chance to come out there and actually see the Napoleon Hill Foundation, see the archives, see all the stuff that he had. Uh, literally had a chance to go through and like, see the original manuscript for Outwitting the Devil. We saw the original manuscript from another book uh, called Outwitting the Beast. Any of you guys read Outwitting the Beast yet? Oh, nobody has. It's an unpublished manuscript. Uh, we found all these amazing things, um, and Don let us look at them and read them and start looking at them. And over the last couple months, he's been sending me these things. And it's been just like the most exciting journey of my life. Um, learning these things for Napoleon Hill. And then like, who did Napoleon Hill learn from? And then who did he teach? And where did it go from there? And like, and I started going down this rabbit hole trying to understand this movement. And so for me, I've become obsessed with, um, with uh, a certain time period. In fact, um, the era that fascinates me the most is called the New Thought Movement. And this actually started about 1850 and has gone on until today. Most guys probably didn't hear, didn't even know about it. I didn't even know about it until I started diving deep in the history. But about 1850 is when this movement started. And what's interesting is prior to 1850, People didn't think about the fact that you could think and change your life. You can think and grow rich. You can think and change your situation, right? 1850 is when this movement began, okay? And the new thought movement, um, you see here, the focus was on the fact that our thoughts and our beliefs could directly influence our life's outcomes. Prior to that, for thousands of years of history, that wasn't something people talked about, thought about, or even understood. People had different things they were doing, but no one ever thought like, hey, if I think, I can change my life. And they start getting deeper into, like thinking, like, what am I thinking about? Where do these thoughts come from, right? And so back then, they all started happening. And, um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of really cool um, people that kind of popped up during this time. In fact, I'll show you some of my favorite authors. Oh, actually, I'm gonna go back. So um, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of people who have studied other eras of time. Like, for example, there's the Stoic era, right? From about 300 BC to 200 AD, this was the Stoic era. And this era <clears throat> focused a lot on, like, personal virtues and self-control. How many of you guys are a little obsessed with Stoicism? Yeah, it's amazing, right? Ryan Holiday has taken this, this, this era, and he's made it popular, made it huge again, right? Made it exciting, everything he's done uh, it, through his work. Another era is like the Renaissance, right? From 1300 to 1600, they focus on creativity and exchange of ideas. Another era was the Enlightenment from 1600 to 1700, the focus on critical thinking and reasoning, okay? But the new thought movement started about 1850. I can think, I can change my life. Right, and so a lot of people know about the Stoic philosophers. People have heard of uh, some of these people. Like on the left-hand side, there's Seneca, there's uh, Epictetus, there's Marcus Aurelius. On the right-hand side is Ryan Holiday, who I think is the modern-day Stoic. Um, this is actually a painting I had commissioned um, for my uh, for my library and building, and I put Ryan right there. That's actually a picture of Ryan from Funnel Hacking Live on stage. I don't think he's actually seen this yet, but he uh, is one of my favorite Stoic philosophers. So. But a lot of people have heard of the Stoic philosophers, but very few people have heard of any of the new thought philosophers, uh, which is a tragedy because these guys and gals are brilliant. Some of my favorite people in the world. They become my friends. Um, and uh, as I've read their works and listened to the things they put out, and like, um, it's personally changed my life. And, um, I want to bring some of these these people and these thoughts and ideas to you guys today and honestly over the next couple of years uh, because I'm so excited. And so the new thought move started in 1850 with this guy right here named Samuel Smiles. Samuel lived in the UK um, and he was the very first person ever to write a book on personal development. And the book was called Self-Help. Isn't that a creative title? But if it was the very first one, it made a lot of sense. So he wrote this book called Self-Help and people were reading it and it was like, oh my gosh, you can think and change your life. Nobody, like that wasn't something in like our vocabulary. It wasn't something people thought about. So he wrote that book, uh, 1850s. Um, 40, 50 years later, uh, one of his books got here to America, and it was in an attic. And there was this young kid named Orson Sweet Martin who was minding his business in the attic. He finds this book called Self-Help. He's like, what is this book? He starts reading the book, and he freaks out. He's like, wait a minute. I can think and change my life? This is amazing, right? So Orson Sweet Martin reads this book, and then he goes, and he's like, I'm going to, like, I want to do this. I want to help people, like, in here in America to change their life, just like Samuel Smiles is doing over the U.K. And so Orson Sweet Martin starts, like, starts writing his very first book and he starts writing a book and he's putting his, like his entire life. It was like almost a decade writing this book, right? Page after page. And he ends up getting like a manuscript that's, um, I think it was like a thousand 2, uh, to 2000, sorry, a thousand to 1500 page manuscript he had written. And this is gonna be his first book teaching philosophy of success here in America. He has this book and he, ha, he owned, um, some hotels at the time he left the manuscript in the hotel. And guess what happened? Hotel burned to the ground. This manuscript he spent a decade on was gone. And he literally was in the ashes looking at, this ho- looking at the, the hotel burning down. He's like, my, my life's work is gone. What do I do? And part of him probably wanted to go hide. But instead, guess what he did? He walked back to the store, bought a pad of paper, and started again. And he wrote the very fir- first book here in America called Pushing to the Front, uh, which is the very first personal book here in America. Shortly thereafter, Orson Sweet Martin started a little magazine you may have heard of called Success Magazine. He was the one that brought the success philosophy, the new thought movement here to America. And Success Magazine is still around today. I almost bought it a couple years ago, but I didn't because of a whole bad business deal. But someday I will own that magazine just because Orson Sweet Martin is the man. Um, But there's more, like, these amazing philosophers that, like, no one ever talks about. How many of you guys knew who Orson Sweet Martin was before today? Nobody. You think the owner of Success Magazine would let people know about this guy because he is insane. He wrote, like, 40 books on personal development after that one. This guy's one of the greatest thought leaders i ever met. Um, Napoleon Hill came from this lineage. I love Napoleon Hill. We're going to talk more about him today. Also, Robert Collier. How many of you guys know who Robert Collier is? The marketers in the room know because he wrote a book called the Robert Collier Letterbook, one of the greatest books on copywriting ever written. But what most people know is he wrote like 30 books on personal development that are even better than that. Okay, one of the greatest new thought philosophers ever. Then Elsie uh, Lincoln Benedict. Anyone heard of Her? She is literally one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, in 1919, she spoke to over 3 million people around the world. Okay? And this was rare. In 1990, there weren't women speakers, women authors, but she was out there on the forefront speaking and writing, and like she's one of the most brilliant minds I've ever heard. And it goes on. Earl Nightingale, uh, Elizabeth Town, Charles Handel, P.T. Barnum, uh, Albert Hubbard, W. Clement Stone, Maxwell Maltz. These are the people I've been studying who I'm obsessed with. And so I'm going to try to bring some of these ideas, these principles from these guys to you guys today that we can use to help get our psychology correct so that the rest of the days, we're giving you guys all the tactics and the techniques and all the stuff we need to be successful. You guys will be able to have more success. Does that sound fun? Yeah. Kevin. Okay. As I've been studying all these people, it's, I don't know, I'm such a nerd. So I have a, a separate office with my books that I go to, and I can, like, just look at them and smell them and stuff because the old ones smell so cool. It's kind of weird. Um, but it's like there's something special about it too. So I go there, and as I'm reading these books, um, one of the thoughts I have a lot is I, whenever I'm here, is I think about um this clip from, one of, um, from a really cool movie that some of you guys have heard. Not my favorite movie, but this is one of my favorite clips. How many of you guys have seen the movie Dead Poet Society? Okay. The movie's great, but there's this one clip that literally changed my life. Um, and every time I'm reading these books and learning from these people who have passed on, um, this clip rings in my head over and over and over again. So it's like a two-minute video. I'm going to show you guys really quick. Um, and if you watch nothing else in the movie, just watch this piece because um, it's really powerful. Does that sound good? All right. Here we go.
1: Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That's seize the day. Very good. Mr... Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Ding. Thank you for playing, anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because, believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room... is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here... and peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives... even one iota of what they were capable? Because, you see, gentlemen... These boys are now fertilizing daffodils. If you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it?
0: Carpe seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. Um, as I learned from these people who pass beyond, I'm like, man, we all have this, this, like, little time we're here on this planet. Um, and I honestly think, like, for every single one, we come into this world, we have a chance to be here for however long we're here, and then we leave. And I feel like for all of us, like, one of the things we should be doing is, like, when we're here, we're learning, we're growing, and, like, everybody should have a chance to write, like, their philosophy on success. Like, what did you learn while you were here? Like, what were the things that you were able to gather to help make you more successful? Um, so someday I'm going to start a whole movement to get all you guys to write your own success philosophy. But for me, as I've been studying these people, I've been studying each of their success philosophy, what they were doing, why they believed it, and from there trying to develop my own to help me to get to higher levels, to try to get to the next, uh, phase and evolution of my life. Um, so with that said, I'm going to jump into, uh, my formal presentation, which I'm excited for. Uh, last year, the intro presentation, I gave a presentation called the drifters versus the driven. You guys, who here had a chance to be here for that presentation? Okay. If you missed it, um, I actually just recently, I think uh, two or three days ago, we put that episode on the podcast. So if you listen to the Marketing Secrets podcast, you go back, you listen to that one. It was all about the drifter versus the driven. And this is going to be basically part two of that presentation. How do we, I wanted to take it a little bit deeper. And so the title of this presentation today is The Calling Versus the Resistance. Um, and that's where we're going to go. So you guys excited for that? All right, so am I. So the first thing we'll talk about is the actual calling. Um, what is the calling, right? You guys heard me talk about this for like the call to adventure. He hasn't been called. I tell you all the time, like everyone who's in this room has been called to serve a certain group of people, right? We have this calling. And I've had people ask me in the past, like, what do you mean, Russell? Like, like you say you heard a call, you have a calling, like, like, did you hear something? Did somebody tell you something? Like, how does that work, right? How many of you guys have ever wondered that? Like, do I have it? Like, is this even a real thing? What's Russell talking about? Is this like woo-woo weird stuff or is it an actual thing? Okay, I strongly believe that every single one of you who are in this room have been called of God to do something amazing, right? You came to this planet, you were given like the gifts, the talents, and he's like, look, you're here today, now you got to go and do something with the gifts I've given you. And so there is a literal calling. Um, but a lot of times it's not like what you think it's going to be. I think when I first got started in this, I heard people talk about like, oh, you're going to feel like this call do something. I thought it was going to be like a phone call. Like, hey, Russell. Hey, uh, Russell. Your job is to go and um, you're going to gather a bunch of funnel nerds together and start a movement called Funnel Hacking Live, and you're going to have all these people. You're going to help them to serve them, right? It wasn't that ever. There was no phone calls. There's no nothing. I started thinking, like, what was the calling? Like, what was it? Because it wasn't something like this, like, a huge thing hitting me up in the head. I started thinking back in time, start trying to remember. And as I started trying to remember, I realized that it was just a feeling, a feeling placed in my heart. It was desire, okay? And the desire, I didn't know where it was going to lead me to, the desire came, and it was just like, hey, Russell, here's something that you're going to be interested in. And that began with some desire. And then I started pursuing that desire, and it got more and more exciting. Okay, So for me, uh, the way that the desire began was back, man, over 20 years ago now. So my beautiful wife and I, Colette, have been married now 20, over 20 years, which is insane. Give her a round of applause. Can you imagine being married to me, by the way? It would be a nightmare. Like, she's lasted over 20 years, and it's been amazing. Like, anyway, so I'm super, I love her. And uh, 20 years ago, we got married. And about this time is when I was trying to figure out this whole business stuff. Um, And I didn't really, I don't think I had a desire at the time. I used to be like, we're getting married. I didn't have a job. I wanted to wrestle. She had a job. I was like, I got to figure out something because I didn't want to quit uh, wrestling. And so I, but I didn't want her to have to support me. So I was like, how do I, I got to figure out something to do, right? And about that time, that was where this desire was placed in my heart. Like, you need to go and create something. And I didn't know what to create. I remember I started, like, listening to business stuff. I tried, like, I went to Google, typed in how to make money on the Internet. How many you guys ever did that? That's how you got here. That's the beginning of the funnel, in case you're wondering. So uh, all of us did it. You can admit it. You wrote that. So I typed how to make money, in, like, how to make money and all of a sudden we started this process. I was trying this and that and all sorts of just chaos and everything. Um, and eventually I stumbled into people who were doing business correctly. They were doing some really cool stuff. And I started listening to them. And for some reason, when I listened to them, it was exciting to me. Which is funny because I was the kid who I struggled in school. I remember my mom taking me one time in high school to a bookstore. I was like, why would anybody in their right mind want to go to a bookstore ever? This is the stupidest thing in the world. Books are so boring, um, says the man who's bought 15,000 books in the last 12 months. Um, but it, I was like, this makes no logical sense, right? I go to school. I understand my teachers. I learn stuff. That I it was stupid. Like, I really, really struggled. And then for some reason, out of the blue, I find these guys on the internet who are talking about business and marketing and also I had this spark. And I was like, whoa, this is really, really cool. Okay? Now, why did I have that? Like, why was that? Why did I have that desire? I don't know. Why was I excited? I have no idea why. But that's where it begins. It begins with a little spark, with a little bit of desire, right? And you start pursuing that and you start getting more and more excited. And I remember for me, I was uh, wrestling at Boise State University, and I remember sitting, Um, we would go on these road trips. So we'd have like 20 wrestlers jammed in a van. We're all like on top of each other, on top of our bags, because Boise State was too cheap to get multiple vans, so we're like all like, everyone's on top of each other, we're cutting away, so we haven't eaten in like three or four days, like all sorts of stuff, and we have these like 12-hour van rides to Oregon or to Arizona to go and wrestle, right? And so all my buddies would be listening to music and stuff, and I would go and I would download teleseminars. Who here remembers what teleseminars were? Okay, prior to like Zoom and go to webinar. before webinars, there were these things called teleseminars, where you would dial in and you would listen. And so most of the teleseminars happened while I was in school, so I would export them, and then I would burn them onto a tape player at Radio Shack, this is how it really worked. So I go to Radio Shack, I bought a tape player, we download a thing, we record it on this tape player, and I would put these tapes, and while we'd be driving on these long things, I listened to the tapes, uh, in the car. I listened to people like Armin Moran and Alex Mendozian, and Marlon Sanders and all these guys who were like kind of the first generation of internet entrepreneurs talking about what they were doing, and it was so exciting. Everything he said, like I just like got sucked into it, right? And that calling kept coming. I'm like, why am I so excited about this? I can't stop thinking about it. All I want to do is just learn about this and learn about it and learn about it. But I had no ideas. I had no business. I had no product. I had nothing, right? And all of a sudden, one day, I get this idea. Like, what if you created a product? And um, it's not going to make a lot of sense nowadays. But back then, um, I had, had the first idea. It was like, I want to create a product They'll take a file and it'll brand it. So somebody opens a PDF file. The first thing they'll see is my ad before they actually get into the thing. So that was my first, that was the big idea. That's what started this whole thing, by the way. And I had said, I'm going to call the Zip Brander. It'll zip the file. It'll hold, close it. When you unlock the zip file, it'll show you an ad, and then it'll get them into the thing they un- unzipped. And so that was the very first idea I had, Zip Brander, right? And so I, I go and I, like, buy the domain name. I try to uh, put it all together. I try to hire these programmers, a whole long story short, eventually I found somebody who would build this product for me. I paid this guy named Cyprian in Romania $120 to build this and it became my very first product. I had something to actually sell. Now, all these things I was listening to, I could apply it to something. Like, I have something I can actually, like, do marketing with. And so, like, I have this product. Now, what do I do? It's so, like, well, they talked about writing a sales letter. So, I learned about that. So, I go and I start writing a sales letter. And then I needed uh, to drive traffic and all the different pieces. And I just became obsessed with, like, applying all this knowledge to this thing, right? It started me down this process, getting closer and closer and closer, right? And, um, and I look at that now, and I'm like, that was probably the dumbest idea, like, maybe ever. Um, I think total I probably sold 20 copies of Zip Brand. Do we have any Brander customers in the audience? There's usually one, <laughs> okay? Um, but I was like, that was my first big idea, right? And I tried, and I tried, and I tried everything, but it gave me something to apply to, and, like, that was this calling happening. It's like, you need to create something, right? Now I want to tell you how callings work. What happens is God gives you an idea. He's not going to give you like, hey, Russell, you should go build ClickFunnels. Right? He gives me I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And if I would have tried it, would I have got crushed under the weight of it. Right? He's like, I'm going to give you a little idea. This is a dumb idea. But here's this idea. It's called ZipRand. He places the thought in your head. And you're like, ooh, ZipRand. This is a good idea. And he's going to watch. He's like, what's he going to do with that? Is he going to be a good steward of that idea? Is he going to do something with it or not? So he gives me an idea, and I go and try something. And if I do, he's like, oh, my gosh, Russell actually took that idea and did something with it. I'm going to give him a better idea. Can't give him a worse idea. We're giving give him a better idea, right? Next idea. So then for me, the next one is a little software product called Forum Fortunes. I was in these forums ad- answering messages. I was like, I create software to do this. And God gave me a little bit better idea. And so I went and found a programmer, made this thing called Forum Fortunes. Any Forum Fortunes customers out there? Probably not. Uh, and I sold that, and that one sold more stuff. And I was like, Oh. God's like, oh my gosh, if I give Russell something, he does something with it. Here's another idea. Give me the next one and the next one. And I remember one day he gave me this idea for potato guns. I'm like, what? Potato guns? makes no logical sense. But I was like, all right, so we made a product selling potato guns. You guys have heard that story before, right? And I sold a couple copies of that thing, but it wasn't like this huge thing, but it was like, I sold some potato guns. Like, why was that a big deal? Why was that important? I don't know. At the time... Looking back 20 years ago, it's like, oh, Russell, you need to make this potato gum product, not because it's going to make you a bunch of money, but you need a story that's relatable so that in the future, if you keep doing what you, I'm asking you to do, you'll be prepared and you have something to tell people, something to give them hope, give them understanding, give them belief, right? And have these little ideas, these little things. And every time we do something, it gets a little bit bigger, right? Um, and um, it's the first thing to understand, like, that's how the calling happens. It's not just like, Russell, here's ClickFunnels. It's like a little idea. And then are you going to be a good steward of that or not? If you are, okay, here's another idea. Here's another idea. And eventually what happens is you get better at what you're doing. You get better at what you're doing. Your capacity increases. You can handle it Till eventually it's like, okay, now Russell may build funnels. It's like, oh, I don't know how. Well, here's Todd. Oh, what's up, Todd? Todd, build funnels. He builds it, and now we've got this thing, right? But it all works in, the, in a process like that, okay? Uh, it was interesting I was doing research for this presentation. Um, I found a really interesting story about Michael Jackson. Do you know that Michael Jackson and Prince, like, hated each other? They were competitors back and forth. And so there was this story where uh, Michael Jackson was doing this big, huge concert. They already spent $24 million. He was trying to, you know, like, was trying to make it better and better and better. And he goes to his manager. Uh, he wakes up one morning, like at 3 o'clock in the morning. And his manager's named Kenny. <coughs> and, um, and this is what the story says. It says, God channels, channels this through me at night. I can't sleep because I'm so supercharged. And then Kenny's like, well, Michael, um, we can't do that idea. We've got to finish this thing. Can't God take a vacation? Without missing a beat, Michael said, you don't understand it. If I'm not there to receive these ideas, God might give them to Prince. Okay? (laughs) I think that's how this whole thing works. How many of you guys have ever seen something like, oh, I had an idea for that? Crap. I know when we were building ClickFunnels, there were five or six other people who I knew who were actively building the exact same thing. It wasn't unique. It was like, okay, well, here, we need some funnel building software, and everyone's trying to sprint this thing, right? Who is the one who's going to finish it? Who's the one who gets it to the the finish line? Who's the one who's going to make it to the end? Okay, and so that's what the calling looks like. Okay, it's these little ideas. It's you saying, "Look, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it." And if you do it, and then he gives you something else, and it starts growing, and starts growing. That's what the calling is. Okay, and if you do that, what will happen is in a year from now, five years now, ten years, twenty years from now, you look back and like, "Look at where I am, right?" I look back at twenty-one-year-old uh, Rustle who's sitting on a bus in the back of a car, listening to tapes about how to make money on the internet, right? I look at that and it's like, "How do? How, how does that lead me to here?" Right? But it was the first step, and the second step, and the third step. Okay? So that's what calling looks like. Um, and most people I've talked to, it's been very, very similar. It's not just like this, huge, this like big light bulb moment. It's these little things where you're going to take something and move with it. Okay? So here's a picture of you. Um, and here's the calling. Okay, It's like a voice that points you in a direction. Right, The goal the goal of this calling is to make you driven. My presentation last year was all about being a driven, being someone who isn't just sitting there on silence, but who's driven to move forward, to change things, to move things, right? And so that's, that's the path. So the voice here, um, I'm going to call the voice the calling. It moves you towards some kind of goal. So this is a picture of a mountain. There's a goal. Okay. So then the opposite side of that, so we have the calling, and then we have the other side. <clears throat> um, and there's a lot of different names, which you call it the adversary, you call it Satan, you can call it whatever you want. Um, but recently I was reading a book by Steve Pressfield uh, called The Art of War. Anyone here? Uh, sorry, The War of Art. Okay. In The War of Art, if you guys haven't read it, it's pretty fast to read, it's amazing. But in the book, he calls this the resistance. And when I read that, I was like, oh, that's what it is. That's the feeling of what it is. It's the resistance. It's the enemy. It's the thing that's holding you back. Right? The resistance is all the things as you are trying to be driven, as you're trying to move forward towards something. The resistance is all the stuff that's keeping you from doing that. So I read the book, and um, this is probably a month ago. And as I, as I was preparing for Funnel Hacking Live, I had this idea. I was like, what if I start documenting every time I feel the resistance? Okay. Every time I'm like supposed to be doing something, but I feel the opposite, like, don't do that, Russell. And so I got my phone out, I started recording myself. Um, and what was interesting is I, I realized I felt that resistance. So often, over and over and over again. So, let me explain what resistance is for those who don't quite understand it. How many guys, like in the morning, you wake up, you're laying in bed, and you know you're supposed to get up and go work out, and you're like, oh, I don't want to. And you turn the alarm off. That's resistance. How many guys are like, oh, I got to write a blog post or I got to record a podcast or something. You're about to do it, right? And you're like, oh, I don't want to. I'm tired. Oh, I'm going to go check my email real quick. Oh, I'm going to do something. Like, that's resistance. It's coming from inside. It's your brain trying to get you to do anything except for the thing you're actually supposed to be doing. Okay. Resistance hits us all the time in every single situation. Probably. I mean, even today, for example, I think I probably hit it 12 or 13 times before I came on stage. In fact, right before that thing went up, resistance is like, get out of here, Russell, you are not ready for this. There are so many people out there are going to make fun of you. What if you trip? Like you're wearing a jacket, you are wearing light like jackets. Like you feel like all the things, like freaking out, right? It's a beautiful jacket though. My son, my son told me I look like Star Lord today. So I'm still pretty pumped about that. If you can address me as Star-Lord for the next couple... Anyway. Um, okay, so the resistance is that feeling. How many of you guys have felt resistance before in your life? Okay, so a month ago, I read this book, The War of Art. He's talking about the resistance. He goes through a million different ways that, that you see it and it shows up. And I was just like, okay, I want to be, I want to be aware of this now. So I start recording myself, right? So um, I wake up in the morning uh, getting ready for Funnel Hiking Live. So two weeks ago is when I start prep for fun Hiking Live for all my presentations. So I remember Monday morning, waking up, I'm laying in bed, my alarm goes off. It's like five o'clock in the morning or something. I was gonna get up, I was gonna like get a couple hours in before I my kids woke up and everything, and five o'clock goes off, and I'm like, whoo, you turn it off? 10 more minutes. Goes off again, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, and I'm asleep. Then I wake up, I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. Okay, six o'clock, I could still get up if I needed to, but like, ah, oh, like if I, if, I'm, if I don't get enough sleep, though, I'm gonna be hard for me to actually like function during the day. So if I get one more hour of sleep, I get more done during the day, and like, okay, I'm gonna go and go back to sleep another hour, right? Resistance is fighting me. I finally get up. I'm like, okay. I'm gonna go and I get everything ready. To hit, drive my drive my son to school. Drop him off. Go to the office. About to get out. Like, okay. Now I'm gonna find. i gonna work. And also I'm like, oh, I'm gonna check my email real quick. Put my phone out. Oh, I'm gonna check social. Oh, I'm gonna check Facebook. Oh, Instagram. Oh, I wonder if anyone messaged me on um, on um, on Slack. Oh, and also I'm doing this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh crap, resistance got me again. Put the phone down. And then I go to the next thing and the next thing and I'm realizing this thing is hitting me every 15 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, how do I get anything done? How do any of us get anything done, right? And so the resistance is the opposite. We have the calling, the thing that's driving us, and the resistance is the other side over here, okay? I'm going to draw, make this guy look a little evil. This is the resistance, right? And the goal of the resistance is to get you guys to slide off the track, to get into what Napoleon Hill called hypnotic rhythm. To get this thing where you're stuck into this spot and you're not moving forward, okay? Um, it's interesting, like... Um, I'm curious how many of you guys feel this. Like there's two, there's like hypnotic rhythm in my mind is like this, this feeling where you're stuck, right? You're stuck in a rut. Have you guys ever felt this before? You're stuck in a rut, right? This is what drifters go to. They're stuck in this thing where they just can't seem to get out and they drifting and drifting. Versus the driven are all about moving forward, okay? And there's times i like, we want to move forward, I want to move forward. But then the resistance is always pulling us back, trying to get us to drift. Like, no, I got to move forward, I got to move forward. And we're drifting, we're like this constant battle back and forth. If you think about this, the majority of people, especially outside this room, the majority of people live their life in resistance. They're living in this life where it's just like this circular thing. Okay? I don't know about you, but I look at those people. It makes me so sad. I'm like, do you know what you're capable of? Like, do you know what you're, like, if you would put your mind towards something, you could change so many people's lives. Um, it's frustrating In fact uh, when we were in Kenya Eileen asked me she's like why are you so passionate about this kind of stuff and I was like I think the reason why is because I see people I can see the potential like I know what one human being is able to do if they're able to get their message out they can change an army of people and so when I see somebody who's got so much potential so much they could be doing and they're not it drives me nuts um, it's really hard for me and so um, uh Where's I going on this? Sorry. Um, and so hypnotic rhythm is like this feeling like this, right? And this is where most people spend their life, and we're always trying to get out of these ruts and start moving forward, be, to be one of the driven. Okay. And so that's kind of where uh resistance hits us. And so I want to give these names because I want um I want as a community for us to be able to talk about these things like like I have this calling, I have something I'm working towards. I I have a vision what I'm trying to create, and then the resistance is the thing that I'm fighting against. And so we have that battle back and forth, it's it's uh it's the key. Okay. Now, one of the interesting things about the calling that a lot of you guys have probably noticed is that we don't, like, sometimes we'll see, like, way over here, like, you'll see the end go, like, oh, that's where I want to get to. I'm trying to get to that thing over there, right? But, like, all the way from here to there is all foggy. Kind of like when they opened the, the wall here, all the fog came out. It's really, really foggy, right? Like, I don't know how to get from here to here. And so our job is to, like, take steps forward in faith. You take a step forward, oh, and then, like, the fog clears a little bit. You're like, oh, I see where to go. Okay, I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm taking another step forward in faith, boom, and then fog clears and you keep going forward, right? And so faith is such a big part. It's taking these steps of faith towards the goal, um, towards the, the calling is driving you towards. Okay, so the calling and the resistance. Now, one thing I want to point out that I think is really interesting um, that has helped me so much in my life, uh, ever, ever since I first I read this in a book a couple of years ago, and it was powerful. How many of you guys struggle because you have a lot of voices happening inside your head? Come on, you guys. I know it's true. How many of you guys have more than one voice in your head? Okay. And you're like, is that me? But I, I think that? Is Is this somebody else? Like, what's happening? Okay. And I had in the book that I read, they explained it was so powerful. So there's basically three voices inside your head. Okay. The first voice is actually your brain. And what this voice says, this voice asks questions. Okay. It asks a lot of questions, like, should I do this or should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Right? That is that's actually your brain. Okay, your brain is the thing that's asking questions back and forth. That's how our brain functions. Like, should I go this way? Should I not? Should I, should I sign up for the program? Should I not? Should I go to school? Should I, like, Like, our brain's always asking questions. Okay, that's that's how you know it's coming from you. The second voice, so that's the first voice, is, is you. The second voice is this calling. Now, this voice is different. This voice is not something that's ever questioning. This voice tells you things. Okay? And usually it's quiet. And usually it's one thing. It's like, hey, Russell, go do this. Hey, call that person. Hey, go over there, talk to that guy. That's what calling feels like. Calling doesn't typically repeat itself over and over and over again. It asks you once. Like, hey, or tells, sorry, it doesn't ask you. It tells you once. Do this thing. And then wait to see what you do. Oh, he's a good steward with this idea. I'll give him another one. Do this. Try this. We have to learn how to be in tune with that, okay? But it's hard because the resistance is the third voice, okay? The resistance is annoying. The resistance is loud, okay? Typically, it speaks in absolutes. You guys remember Star Wars when they're like only sis deal in absolutes, okay? It's weird how Star Wars fits almost every situation. Anyway, um, okay, the resistance speaks in absolutes. This one says, hey, Russell, you're not ready. Hey, you're not worthy. Hey, you look funny. Hey, you talk too fast. Hey, no one's going to pay attention to you. They're going to mock you on social media, blah, 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 thing after thing after thing after thing, okay? And it's, it's not quiet. It's loud, and it berates you over and over and over again, right? So, these are the three voices we have in our head. And then, like, we start understanding like, that's what's happening. You say, look, this voice of resistance is coming and it's talking, and it's not nice. It's direct. It's absolute. So you are not good, Russell. You're not good enough. You're not ready. You're not worthy. <laughs> no one's going to love you. Like, that's what's coming from here. And when I'm aware that that's not me thinking, that's coming from external things, it gave me freedom. I realize that this is not me. This is something I've got to be listening for. And when I hear it, I got to move forward. Right? And then the questions are your mind. Right? And so I started paying attention to my thoughts that are happening. Because sometimes we hear this over and over and over again. We think it's us. We're like, man, I must not be ready. I must not be worthy. Because I keep telling myself that. It's not you. It's resistance trying to get you to not take your calling. Okay? Or you're like, wait, am I supposed to call that person? Am I supposed to do that thing? Also, you're doing the questioning thing. Okay? If you're doing this questioning thing, you're like, wait, was that me? Was that someone else? If, if it came as a, as a quiet, like, direct uh, telling what to do, then yes, it's coming from, from the calling. Okay. <clears throat> All right, that's the first thing I want to talk about. The second thing I want to talk about, um, and this is the part like, that I have been geeking out on the most. Um, I'm having so much fun uh, talking and thinking and learning about this. Fact, I'll adjust my slides to it. Um, it's talking about conscious versus subconscious, how our brain works. The more I've started to understand how my brain works, the easier it is for me to be successful in any area of my life. Okay. And these are simple concepts. Obviously, there's a deep side. This you can go, go deep into the, the science and the, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not my goal. It's my goal is, you guys a usable model. It's simple. It's easy to help you understand how our brains work. Okay? So the first thing to understand is that there is a conscious and a subconscious mind. I know most of us know this. This is something that back in the early 1850s, back when the New Thought Movement was happening is when they were discovering this stuff. They're like, oh my gosh, there's a conscious mind, there's a subconscious mind, and they're different how they work together. So when you start reading all the books from the New Thought Movement, like this is what they're just discovering at the very first time. You see how excited they are, and they're freaking out, and they're testing things, and trying things, and learning all these crazy things during this journey, which is so much fun to read about. And so for me, it gets me excited, and now there's so much more science on that that we can even understand it better. But there's the Conscious and the unconscious. So the first thing I want to talk about, um, in fact, I'm going to draw a picture of a brain. Um, I think a brain looks kind of like that. Uh, there's a brain, okay? There's like little squigglies in the brain, so we all have that part. Okay, so here's our brain. Now, um, first, we'll talk about, first thing I want to talk about is our conscious mind. So the conscious mind is up here in front of our skull, right? This is the part that we're having conversations with every single day. Okay, let's so say this is like the frontal lobe part, and if you look at this, there are basically um, there are two. There's two voices that are happening inside your conscious mind. Okay, I talked about the conscious mind as the thing asks all the questions, right? It's your brain asking questions. Um, uh, I think it was Buddha said that um, the this conscious brain is like uh, it's like monkeys, and when you do more research, actually there's there's two monkeys. Um, and for those of you guys who were, how many of you guys went to Unlock the Secrets two years ago? Yeah. So that's our, our young entrepreneur event with kids and stuff. And I brought monkeys and elephants and lizards. We had a bunch of fun with it. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do it for today, but I do want to bring back one of the slides, which is this. So understand that there's these two monkeys that basically are sitting up here on the front. Okay, there's monkey number one. I've never drawn a monkey. They got tails. I don't know. There you go. Okay. But they are here on your on your... <clears throat> On your conscious mind, right? And this is the conversation you're having, right? Every single person is having this conversation consciously every single day. Emotion and logic, emotion and logic. Okay, for example, let's say I go to the grocery store and I'm hungry, right? Emotionally, I'm, like, oh, I'm hungry, I need, I need to eat something. Or I go to the drive-thru, right? And so I'm emotionally driven to go do something. I go to the drive-thru, I look at all the menu, like, oh, it's amazing. And my emotion's like, oh, you want the milkshake for, for the appetizer? Emotionally, I want that, right? And the logic comes in, like, wait, you're really gonna drink a milkshake for breakfast? I'm like, but I really want one. Like, yeah, but that's a lot of calories. And then you're gonna feel sluggish the other day. And, Boom, here it is, emotion logic. This is the two voices that are questioning each other in your head every single day. And some of you guys, your emotion is way louder, and some of you guys your logic is way louder. How many of you guys do you think are more emotional? You hear the emotion more often. Okay. How many of you guys are more logical? Okay. The reality is we got both these things, right? And that's, like, when we're questioning, is emotion, questioning, logic, emotion, questioning, logic. This is the debate that's happening in your brain all the time. Again, Buddha called it the monkey brain because it's like this chattering, chattering, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It can be exhausting sometimes, right? So we have these two things, emotion and logic happening all day long, right? And so this is what's happening here in your conscious brain. It's the first thing to understand, okay? So our conscious brain's got these two things. This is the question that's going back and forth, right? Now our conscious brain's got some very important things it needs to do. Um, and I broke it down to like five or six different steps that our conscious brain or, or is responsible for, okay? The very first thing our conscious brain is supposed to do is to figure out our definite purpose, okay? What is the thing that we are trying to do? What is the result we're looking for? What is our purpose, okay? Um, when you start reading Napoleon Hill and read all his books, his manuscripts, it's interesting because almost every single one of his books Um, he has different laws of success and we have think and grow rich, all these different books, but almost every single time he starts the book talking about this one principle, which is having a definite purpose. You have to have a definite purpose. If you don't have a definite purpose, you're just wandering around in the, in the doing nothing, right? The reason why most people don't succeed in life is because they have no definite purpose. So because of that, they're in this hypnotic rhythm. They're just going circular, not moving towards anything, right? It's not until you have a definite purpose, like this is the thing that I'm trying to, this is the thing I'm trying to accomplish, this is where I'm going. That's when everything changes for you. Okay, I started thinking about my, myself, like uh, in my life, like when I was growing up. A lot of you guys know I was a wrestler growing up, and um, and I wasn't a great wrestler. Like uh, you can ask my dad or my brothers. Like I wasn't a great wrestler. We went to wrestling practice, we tried stuff. But I was kind of just there. Uh, I was with my dad. I was just like, okay, I'm wrestling. I was kind of just doing the 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 motions, right? Wrestled my first year at one half the matches, lost half the matches, and then um, the next year I started and I wasn't that good. And I remember my dad took me to the state tournament. I'm sitting in the state tournament. And uh, there were two kids from our high school who were actually in the state finals. And I remember watching, the first kid was, a, uh, the first guy was a guy named Matt Woods. Matt Woods in the state finals. He wins the state title. He was already a two-time state champion. He became a three-time state champ. And I remember watching him as the ref raised his hand. I saw that. And I remember saying, like, that, that's what I want to do. I had a definite purpose. I want to do, like, I want to be a state champ. It wasn't like, oh, I want to I want to learn how to be better. I wanna I wanna get a good workout. I wanna was like no, that that is the thing I want to do. It was definite, it was not just a purpose. I want to wrestle. No, 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 I'm not I wanna wrestle. I wanna be a state champ. When do I wanna be a state champ by? I wanna be a state champ as soon as possible. I want to be a state champ by next year. Right? So I told my friends, I'm gonna be a state champ next year. Like, you're not even good. I'm like, I know, but I'm gonna be a state champ next year. Definite purpose. Okay. When I had a definite purpose, I had something to run towards, right? Before that, I was just circular, just not just in the spot, just like I'm showing to practice, I'm doing something. as soon as I picked a purpose. I had that purpose, a definite purpose. Then I had something to run towards. Same thing happened in business. Okay? When my wife and I got married, uh, we, I had this business. I was like trying to sell some stuff. Um, we were joking because um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think I had probably five, I, five customers maybe when Clint and I got married. and I was so nervous. Like, what if one of my customers emails me like I'm going to be in trouble? So I brought my laptop to our honeymoon just in case one of our customers would you know, have an issue. Uh, I could fix it you know on the fly. But I remember like... Like I was trying to figure out this business, but it was just kind of like I was doing this thing. I was just kind of going around, and it wasn't until um, John Reese, and some of you guys have heard me tell a story before. John Reese, um, I think it was August of, I don't remember, day off the top of my head, but he, um, he did what was nobody done prior. He uh, sold a million dollars worth of his course in an 18-hour period of time, made a million dollars in a day. And I remember sitting there uh, as this young entrepreneur just kind of doing this thing, and all of a sudden I was like, that. that that's what I want to do definite purpose. I want to make a million dollars. And I was like, I, it's not, in my head, I'm like, it's not possible for me to it in a day, but if he did it in a day, I think I could do it in a year. I remember he had a thousand dollar course and a thousand copies. So I'm like, Hey, I just need to make a thousand dollar course and I got to sell a thousand copies in a year. That's three a day. If I can do that, then boom, I'm, I made a million dollars. So now I had a definite purpose. Well, it wasn't just, I'm in business to be in business. It was like, I want to make a million dollars in a calendar year. And so I literally, it like, wasn't just like in a year, random. It's like in a calendar year. It starts January 1st, ends December 31st. Like I have to make a million dollars in that window. But it was a definite purpose. Now you may be like, oh, Russell, that's things really, really easy. But back then, you have to understand, I'd maybe made like $15,000 total, like five years in business prior to that. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars in the calendar year. Okay, but what happened, it took me out of this like rut of drifting and resistance and just like, oh, I'm just here doing the thing to getting out of that and saying this is where I'm going, Driven. Definite purpose. So I picked a definite purpose and I started running towards that. Okay. And it started in January first, went through the whole year. At the end of the year, did not make a million dollars. But man, I got close. It's like six, seven hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, December thirty first, it starts over again. Start the next year, set a goal, calendar year, got really, really close that year. I think I got the eight hundred thousand or something like that, missed it again. I'm like, Dang it. Next year, started the goal, boom, and by I think October seventeenth was the day that I broke a million dollars. Okay. Thank you. Three years prior, I was making one or two sales every other month, right? Because I was just drifting to like, boom, definite purpose. So the first step is our conscious mind has to figure out what is the definite purpose. What is the thing that I am trying to do, okay? I remember, um, man, 12 years ago going to ClickBank. I remember walking to ClickBank. There's big huge offices and everything. It employees. They had staff. It this wall with clocks on the wall for every time zone that they had customers in. I remember sitting there like, that, that. If you understand, 12 years ago, I didn't have a business. I had a couple offers. I had a couple of funnels that are out there, and that was it. But I didn't have a business. But I saw a clickbank, I was like, that. I want that. Okay, how do we build a business? Well, building a business, we need more than just selling a, a product. We need And we started going through it and like, boom, 10 years later, ClickFunnels, right? Um, so for you guys, like the first key is like, do you know what your definite purpose is? Um, I think my next slide here is Napoleon Hill. So Napoleon Hill said there's one quality which one must possess to win, and that's definiteness of purpose, the knowledge of what one wants, and a burning desire to possess it. Okay? So do you guys know what your definite purpose is? not like I want to make money. I want to win a two-column club award, like definite. Like I want to do this by this certain time. In fact, as I was doing research for this, um, one of my friends sent me this. Uh, Bruce Lee was a huge Napoleon Hill fan. In fact, in his day planner, you see like the times that he was studying Napoleon Hill throughout the day. And then uh, there's – this is um, – a document that went up for auction and it got sold before I found out about it, otherwise, I would have it because it's insane. But he had his definite chief aim, his definite purpose document. And this is what it looks like right here. In fact, if anyone knows who bought it, you can connect me with him. I want to buy this, I want this frame because this is the coolest thing in the world. But this is Napoleon, or this is Bruce Lee picking his definite purpose. And some people think, like, oh, Bruce Lee was like the greatest karate guy of all time. He wasn't, it was not his purpose. His purpose was not to be the greatest karate person of all time. Okay. This is his purpose. He said, I, Bruce Lee, will be the highest paid Oriental superstar in the United States. In return, I will give the most exciting performances and render the best quality and the capacity of an actor. Starting 1970, I will achieve world fame. And from then onward to the end of 1980, I'll have my possession $10 million. I will live the way I please and achieve inner harmony and happiness. Definite purpose. This is what I'm talking about. Napoleon Hill said, you got to take this. You got to write down your definite purpose, print it on your wall, and read it every single day. Otherwise, it's so easy for resistance to slip you back into this, right? You got to be able to see it and see it every single day, see it over and over and over again. This is, again, this is the one that that, uh, Bruce Lee wrote and had on his wall. Once again, if any of you guys can help me find this thing, I really, really want it. Um, But it's pretty cool, right? Um, And so my question for you guys is this, is like, what is your purpose? What's your chief aim? Like, what are you doing? Like, you have to be specific. What exactly do you want and when? And then what are you willing to do to achieve that, Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, if you don't have your tickets yet, Funnel Hacking Live, um, next year, we're doing, um, actually two Funnel Hacking Lives. Um, there'll be info on the page. If you go to FunnelHackingLive.com, we have a virtual one that's going to be happening next September and then a live in-person one happening, um, next February. Uh, it's going to be insane. And I want you there. Um, so if if you don't have tickets yet, go to FunnelHackingLive.com and get them all the detailed information should be there. Um, and hopefully have a chance to see you guys at the next big party. All right. Thanks everybody.